0: Welcome to the Unconventional CEOs podcast, an uncharted journey through the world of business, life and everything in between through the lens of two women with ADHD.
1: We're your hosts, Gwen and Latrice, the neurodivergent CEOs who've cracked the code on running successful businesses while managing the beautiful chaos of life. We're here to share our unfiltered experiences, insights and wisdom with you. Whether
0: you're an entrepreneur seeking unconventional solutions a fellow neurodivergent CEO looking for inspiration, or someone who loves a good story, you have found your home here with us.
1: So buckle up, get ready to laugh, learn, and if we are lucky, be inspired as we dive into the world of the unconventional CEOs and our latest hyperfixations. Now let's vibe. Hey, Latrice. Hey, Gwen. (laughs) All right, I want to talk a little bit about creating trust and how i mean we've been pretty vulnerable with each other and even getting to this point of starting this venture off and there's been a lot of trust when like there's been no real it was just kind of blind and going off of feeling right
0: and intuition is what we call it it.
1: yes i mean our felt sense on things so i want to like let's talk about that because i feel like that's a really i mean we're creating trust with our listeners right now so let's Let's just talk about like, what do you like? Do you have a circle of trust with people? I think I would say I
0: have a very, very small, tiny, tiny, tiny circle of people that I trust. So, yes, I have a circle of trust.
1: Would you like for it to be bigger? I'm about
0: quality, not quantity. So same room.
1: Same there for sure.
0: (laughs) Yes. I feel like there's like rings,
1: rings of circles, right? Like I have my inner inner circle which gets the like probably most unfiltered version and then I have like my my regular circle I mean I'm like that inner circle is really of who who I live with who is in my home because they're seeing a version of me that nobody else needs to be seeing and like the real spastic one you know flaps around dances gallops and like says off the wall things and they're just kind of like okay that's mom (laughs) people like you where I might say this and you just kind of like agreed like but you just never witnessed it not yet yeah but wait until we have a slumber party oh god (laughs) wait until we have that like business slumber party planning thing because you a trust you'll see it I think don't you think like as we've kind of like grown and especially in business like having that circle of trust Circle of trust just feels cheesy. I'm saying this out loud and it's like, can we have a different word? But there is no other word for circle of trust. It's true. It is what it is. Yeah, bear with me with that because I'm saying it and I'm like, ugh. I don't know. Can we find a different word? <laughs> but it that's what it
0: is, though. Is it's literally creating a it is. creating a well, it's like creating a community, the people that you trust. But for me, what that actually looks like is being able to one, be myself, be vulnerable, be authentic and be transparent, but also know that within that community or that circle that I'm not being judged or, you know, secretly being put down, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. things that I'm sharing aren't being shared elsewhere, that I could come to this, this circle, this community and rely on them for... I guess the uh, reciprocated emotional support in a sense.
1: For sure. The things that, came, that were coming to mind when you were saying that was like, yes, reciprocated like emotional support. My biggest thing, and I think this is like really like in my ADHD, is that overanalyzing, that kind of like doomsday thing. The thing that I share with people more often than not is like, A, I have aspirations and big goals and sometimes they feel lofty, but also being able to share those fears and not be judged because it sounds off the wall, you know, like, I don't, I can't, I honestly, something doesn't even, isn't even coming to mind, but being able to share vulnerably, like what I'm scared about, what I'm nervous about and not have it like, weaponized against me not having my inspiration weaponized against me or used and then run with I mean I've I've been in situations over the years especially as a new entrepreneur like right when I started my business I was eager very eager to connect with people that were also business owners like I mean I was really like I put myself out there to try and make connections and there was a few instances where I shared candidly about what I wanted to do and very shortly after and I felt like it wasn't just like I met this person off rip and I was sharing these things but developed like a little bit of a friendship and I was like okay I'm excited I'm going to share with what's what's going on and then to have it be like oh well this is what I'm doing now the next time I talk to him and it's like wait a second I just shared that with you like so I'm careful at this point as to what I share and with who and it's been a total lesson in learning who I can do that with because yeah. you don't know. It's not like there's some guidebook. Like you have, I don't have this like checklist of like, you know, you've ex- ex- had, there's been examples that you've exhibited trust, trustworthy behavior, you know, like.
0: No, there is definitely no guidebook. There are no rules. We are all like pretty much trying to fill everybody out and trying to figure it out on our own. And it's not always fun because unfortunately you do run into people that just, it just doesn't work out. I mean, there are, even for me, I've had a lot of instances where sometimes you run into people who are jealous. They see your potential. They see where you're going. So they can take whatever you tell them. And like you said, they could take your ideas. Next thing you know, they're doing it. You know, So you have to be extremely careful because- those things happen. But I think as as you get older and as you have more experiences, it does become a little bit easier to start to identify the type of person that you can bring into your circle at some point.
1: Is there anything, something that you can quickly identify as like a eh, red flag? Because I know for myself, it's a like it's a felt sense thing. I don't know if I could identify like one thing that strikes me.
0: hmm. That's a good question, though, because when I think back to people who may have rubbed me the wrong way, just like off rip meeting them and have had a real conversation, I think red flags that I can think of now was kind of like the apprehension of wanting to be bothered with someone new. Like upon introduction, they almost seemed standoffish then mm-hmm. a lot of the interaction was pretty surface level they only spoke uh, about that things to me that are that vain like oh like I was able to do this because I have this and I you know like okay, <laughs> things that okay. no to me don't matter <laughs> and I'm not saying you can't do that I'm just saying like I've seen it where I've met people and their attitude, how they carry themselves just didn't mesh with my personality. And something about me also rubbed them the wrong way. And I can tell in how they interacted with me. So it was very brief. It was very like cold shoulder-ish.
1: And and usually what happens is is because, you know,
0: real recognize, real granddad.
1: (laughs) Has there ever been an instance where that turned out to be wrong?
0: Immediately, no.
1: Yeah, me either, actually. Typically, the people that I don't like or I'm like side-eyeing them when I meet them, they always end up, at least up until this point, okay, they've ended up being who I initially thought they were. It may take a little bit longer, but their true colors have always, like, revealed themselves, and I'm left there sitting there being like, told so." I told you, you know, it's like, especially like in friend groups over the years. So like totally just like personal, personal situations where I've been like, I don't know, like her. And I don't know why. There's nothing that like she did. There was no where it would have been like blatantly malicious, but it was just something about the situation didn't feel right to me. And I remember there's been a there's been a few situations where it's like Gwen, come on, like don't be so hard, you know. And it's like, no, nah, I don't know. Sure enough, over the years, it's always panned out to be like that person was not who they were pretending to be, and you know, it's just like so. It's a felt sense sort of a situation, yeah. And I I wonder if it's like. Sort of the way that my brain analyzes lots of information, it goes through all of the variables with like you said this and you did this and like little microfacial things and body language and energy. Like, am I dissect? We read all of it. Yeah,
0: we read all of that. So like the body language, everything that you say and don't say, like everything is read. And to be honest, if your body language and the things that you're doing is not matching up with what you're saying, like that's a huge red flag. But it's true. But that also could be a trauma response because usually they say if you had a if you had a traumatic childhood and you always if you did not feel safe and you always had to be on alert because you didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, like you tend to be a lot more aware of the people around you.
1: So I could always feel the energy of a room. I was I would be able to walk in and tell immediately
0: who's going to be the one. The danger. Uh-huh. It's like you, you, you like, find like the danger. Like the vibe
1: though of the room too. Was it tense? Was it happy? What, and not even necessarily just like the person. I could always identify like who the person in the situation to like be kind of guarded around. 100% it's a trauma response. Yeah. Like I recognize that. Like,
0: but, but I know, feel like
1: it's a superpower in a lot of situations because I feel like is. those are the types of things that have saved me because Especially as a teenager, I was in situations that were straight up dangerous Mm -hmm. and I've managed to navigate out of them so many times relatively unscathed Mm -hmm. and like how I've made these decisions to like leave when I did or leave situations when I did. Like I fully think that like that very thing is that trauma response, that being able to read the room, the you know, learning how to navigate who I can trust and who I can't by the felt sense in my body has saved my life.
0: Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I I did this whole human design thing a little while ago. And I it actually made me realize for me, when it comes to how I make decisions, it, it has to be felt. Like I need to feel it in my body. That's what makes me move on anything.
1: What's your human design?
0: Oh Lord, I am a generator.
1: And what, sacral, like a sacred whatever, I guess, like, oh of, like an emotional, I think you have so to feel I,
0: it. I have to feel it. I do. Like it has to, and I have to feel it in, like, I have to feel in it in gut. my stomach, in my gut. Because if I don't have that emotional response, like that physical response, then I am left with like, mm, maybe this ain't it. Like, <laughs> I have to feel it. I have to know with anything, with, even when I hire people, my team, my team, I love them to death, but even they will say they have learned, like, your intuition is always spot on when it comes to people, because I'll hire somebody, and I'll be like, I don't know how this about the pan out because of X, Y, Z, and next thing you know, my team, they are a lot different in, like, well, let's see, we want to do things this way. Let's give them the warning. Let's da-da-da. But over time, it's become like, well, your, your intuition has not been wrong yet. So let's not prolong it if that's how you feel. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I have definitely gotten to a point in my life where I can easily pick up on like, who's not good for me, period, you know? Right, right. But at the end of the day, like having that community of people you trust is still important, whether it's personal or professional, because we need it. We need that interaction. We need that emotional support. We need to be able to have a community to bounce ideas off of and, you know, help us yeah. get our own stuff. Like if I didn't have people that I can go to when I became a business owner, I would I would be lost. You know what I mean? And a lot of me being able to grow the way that I've grown is because I found certain people who could, I could trust, but who could also tell me in full transparency, okay, this is where what's blocking you and this is what you need to change. So Mm -hmm. we still need that. It's just how do we find those people in a world full of so many people pretending to be somebody that they're not?
1: I mean, I wish I could find more, like a little bit more. You know, I mean, honestly, like I don't need everybody to be my best friend. But like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just continuing to have those conversations. I really think it's important and like that we listen, whether it's your gut, whether it's like your you know, your body, those chills that you get on your arms, like that kind of mo- those split seconds, like, I don't know, side eye, something feels wrong, like really trusting that. I think especially with people that are neurodivergent, like we pick up on that stuff so quickly. And it's like I said, it's like a split second film. It's like you get a little a little hit. And I'm yeah, I don't know, getting older. I feel like I listen to it a lot quicker than I than I used to. What about when it's broken? Have you ever navigated a situation when it's broken, and like, is it repairable to you? When trust is broken, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, of course, I think everybody's probably been through been through a situation where somebody broke it.
1: Yes, but let's say bit like bigger, medium to large.
0: Medium to large.
1: You know what I mean? Like, we're not talking like little infractions. We're least, talking.
0: I get it, but to be. Uh... Yeah. But to be honest, how how I operate is on a level of how important you are to me. And I say that to say, like, if I genuinely care about you and you do something that breaks my trust, I will try to confront the situation. I will try Mm -hmm. to talk about it, talk through it and figure out how to repair it. But on my spectrum of how much I care and I don't see the friendship, relationship, or whatever it is, is something that's that important or not worth that much time, then I can just easily cut it off and be done. And that's how I've always functioned. Even It's funny, because even with arguments, if I care about you, I will 100% watch my mouth, meaning I will guard my tongue because I don't want to say anything I'm going to regret if I care about you, even when we fight. But if I really don't care too much about you or whatever type of friendship we have, I'm gonna let you have it, and people that know me know I could be pretty mean when I want to be. I try not to be, but like I'm, I'm not going to guard anything because I don't have enough feelings about you to care enough about your thoughts and feelings. You know what I mean?
1: So, <laughs> and, but not a trace in the sharp tongue.
0: That's just how I've always been. So everything is on a spectrum. So if I care a lot, if you break my trust, I'm gonna confront it. We're gonna talk through it. We're gonna try to get through it. But if but it also depends on is this is this a repeat offense? Have you done this before? Because at some mm, point I'ma cut it off too if I feel like this keeps happening and I'm not being heard. So yeah. That's how I usually navigate anytime. That's someone a good that's a good way of,
1: of putting it. Like it just depends like who you like, kind of how much you matter to me. Right. <laughs> Honestly. I feel like that's the same for me. I just wouldn't have put that same language on it, but like it's true. Cause I will fight like, I've had a really uncomfortable conversations where I've been the offender, like inadvertently just being human have done things to hurt people where like I've been the offender and I've sat in some very uncomfortable situations and taken ownership and been like, you know, and, but also I did that because I cared and not that I like go, like, this isn't like a. Like, I'm just going around like acting out of integrity. It was like a very, I mean, the situation that I'm thinking of, it was like, man, I really need to like own up to how I navigated this situation and how like I heard this person. And I sat in that. And also I've sat with conversations and with p- some people that have been very close to me and navigated like forgiveness of trust. But that is a hell of a thing to to rebuild.
0: Yeah, but ownership is huge because not everybody takes ownership. That's the oh, thing.
1: One hundred percent.
0: I've I've been in a lot of situations where instead of taking ownership, it's deflecting. And that mm-hmm. that makes me mad. Like
1: Oh, I can't stand that.
0: Yeah. But put taking your name ownership on it. It's huge. For sure. For sure. Cause you like your name was all over when you did it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> put your name on it, own it, sit with it. And now we're gonna like talk it through, especially if I give a shit. And if I don't, like goodbye. I can be cold as hell with that. Like I have I have people that have blood relation to me that I have been like, and we're done. And the door is closed because like, ain't no way I'm subjecting myself to this again. Thank you very much. And goodbye. I you, literally, wish you the best.
0: I literally saw a meme that said that, like I have family members that I walk past and not even acknowledge, like what makes you think you any different? Because it's so true. It's like people have gotten so comfortable with just being able to say and do and be and exist how they want and operate how they want around others and not taking anyone's feelings into consideration. And it's almost like, don't get mad if I choose to not associate myself with that. Like I have the right to cut you off. You have the right to say and do and be who you want to be, but I have the right to choose if I want you in my presence and I'm gonna choose peace over all that, any day.
1: Yes, 100% I'm choosing peace over your presence goodbye and on that note because I was about ready to go off onto another tangent like straight up you sparked this thing in me where I was like let me just and I'm like (laughs) let me just hold my tongue I think this is a great place to wrap up I think we definitely got a a a lot of good points in, in this so
0: I'm excited to see
1: I want to hear like our listeners' thoughts. So, absolutely, find us over at Unconventional CEOs on Instagram and drop your thoughts on this because this is a big one.
0: It is. It's, it's definitely uh, a difficult one to navigate for sure. All right. On that note. Till next time then. Until next time.
1: Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Unconventional CEOs.
0: We hope you enjoy the candid conversations and found inspiration in our unique perspectives.
1: Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review if you loved what you heard. Your feedback helps us reach even more listeners who might benefit from our insights. And if you want to stay
0: connected with us in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Unconventional CEOs.
1: We're always sharing tips, behind-the-scenes stories, and more.
0: Until next time, remember your neurodiversity is your strength, and success can be
1: created on your own terms. Keep embracing the chaos and don't be afraid to be unconventional.